today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. I believe that she was a woman who was faithful to him in every way that she knew how. But I don't believe that Mary was sinless. I believe that Mary needed a savior just as much as Joseph did. But she was definitely the chosen vessel of God's redemptive love for mankind. You need to understand that. The specialness of her, of all the women, of all the young girls, of all the times that God could have used, and he used Mary. The thought of bringing a child into the world and raising them up can be an inexpressible joy. However, the thought of raising the Son of God would probably bring about a whole different mix of emotions. In today's message, Pastor David reflects on both the emotions and sense of blessing that Mary experienced when visited by Gabriel. Although Mary is truly blessed to birth the Messiah, we're reminded of her need for salvation, just as much as the rest of us. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, according to your word. started off this morning by uh, taking a poll. It's not a difficult one. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. How many of you have never seen, you've never seen the movie Princess Bride? Raise your hand. You've never seen the movie Princess Bride. I have reason to question some of your salvations. Okay. That's got to be one of the all-time great movies. For those of you that have not seen it, then uh, there goes most of my illustrations for my message this morning. But uh, actually, uh, the movie is, is is a great movie. It's uh, it's the the telling of a, of a story. It's a fairy tale, and it starts out actually with a grandfather wanting to read this book to his not so easy to impress grandson. And so the grandson is all worried, oh, there's not going to be kissing or anything in there. No, the grandfather says, no, no, no. As a matter of fact, this, this, this book or this story is full of fencing and, and duels and fighting and, and torture and revenge and giants and monsters and chases and escapes and true love and miracles. All of those things kind of brings it to life as he begins telling the story. Suddenly you're brought into the story and you're introduced to the two main people within the story. Buttercup, the most beautiful woman in all of the world, and Wesley, the man that she loves. 
Now, again, through that uh, movie, there's, there's a lot of quotes within that movie that I could use all throughout uh, probably the message this morning, but I promise that uh, as I use them, I could, I could use them at, at any given occasion. But perhaps that might be a little too brazen. You have to see the movie to understand that. Okay. But I will use at least just one. And perhaps with that one, we'll have a little fun. They still don't get it, do they? They're still not yeah, quite there. Well, let's get into the passage, actually, of the word that we're going to be studying this morning. And that's found in the Gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter 1. I can't believe that that many people have not seen this movie. I think you can get it on Redbox, you can download it someplace, Netflix. The Princess Bride. You've got to see it. You've got to see it. We'll rent our copy out with a deposit, a large deposit, to make sure I get it back. Luke chapter 1. We are this morning in, uh, in verse uh, 26 as we've been going through this, uh, this passage. And this morning we come to the point where the angel Gabriel is now speaking to Mary, the one who would be the mother of our Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, and we read these words. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. As Luke designates here the sixth month, that it was in the sixth month, he, he brings us back to the previous verses. We had uh, looked last week that the angel had come and spoken to Zacharias. Remember, Zacharias was ministering there in the temple. Zacharias, an old man, and his wife Elizabeth was a woman well advanced in years, okay? And Gabriel, the angel, told Zacharias that you would have a child. Well, sure enough, Elizabeth conceived, and now the word tells us it's now in the sixth month, the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And once again, we find the angel Gabriel coming and bringing an announcement. And as we shared a couple of weeks ago, Gabriel is, that, that is his job. He is an announcing angel. He's the one that's there by the throne of God. And when there's a message that comes directly to people, it's Daniel that we see both Old Testament and New that brings these messages. And Gabriel never comes with his own plan. He never comes even in his own timing. The word tells us here that he was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. He comes at the call and at the sending of God Most High, not in his own agenda. And then once again, Luke here speaks to us. He says, he goes to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And as we shared earlier, the message of Luke is not to the Jews of Israel. It actually goes beyond that. It's a message primarily to the Gentiles and primarily those that are outside of Israel. And we find all throughout his writing that he gives uh, a little bit of clarity, a little bit of uh, location understanding to these cities and these places. He does the same thing here. A city of Galilee named Nazareth, making sure that we know about where that was. And sure enough, Nazareth located even today in the area of Galilee, northern Galilee, not too far from Lebanon, from the Lebanese border. And it's located about halfway 
from the shoreline of the Mediterranean Sea and the western shores of the Sea of Galilee, just kind of right there in the center of things. Nazareth wasn't a sleepy little town. You know, we speak about the town that Jesus was born in, Bethlehem, being a sleepy little town. Well, I don't think Bethlehem was too much of a sleepy town either, particularly at that point. But Nazareth neither was a sleepy town. As a matter of fact, historians tell us that the population of Nazareth could have been anywhere from 15,000 to 20,000 people. So for that time, for that culture in that place, that was a fairly busy city. And in the midst of that city, there is this godly young maiden, a virgin who is engaged to a man named Joseph. We find out later that Joseph is a carpenter by trade, and undoubtedly in a city that size, he probably kept fairly busy with that. Now in Matthew's gospel, Matthew gives us the genealogy of Joseph's line the Joseph line does go through the family line of David. However, we also find here in Luke a little bit later another genealogy, and it's believed to be the genealogy of Mary, and it also goes through the line of David. So again, as we find out that this child that she's going to have is going to be heir to the throne of his father David, we find out that it's not because she's married to Joseph, but because there's going to be a supernatural conception within her, and her life itself is also through the line of David. So the angel comes. He comes into the presence of Mary. She's probably just busy doing the activities of a young woman within her home, still living at home, no doubt, We know that when Zacharias was busy, he was busy about priestly duties. He was there in the temple going through the prayers and and the incense there in that holy place. But now here is Mary at home just going about her normal, regular business. Verse 28 says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Those first words, the very first words that came out of Gabriel's mouth were pretty much completely missed by Mary. I think just because of the shock of the appearance of this angel, just the majesty, the might of it all. I believe that again, fear and trembling came into her heart and her mind again as, as, as this angel suddenly appears to her while she was busy about doing her normal routine of things. And in essence, the angel Gabriel said, Mary, you're, you're missing it here. You are the highly favored one. You, you are blessed among women. But at this point in time, you need to understand, you need to put yourself in that situation. Mary was frightened. Mary was overwhelmed. Something totally out of her expectation was taking place at this point in time. And she tries to figure out what the angel means by that type of greeting. But Gabriel continues. He says, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. Well, there's no doubt about it that Mary was an amazing young woman. There's, there should be no doubt about that. And 
Undoubtedly, she is a woman who loved the Lord her God with all of her heart and her soul and her strength. I believe that she was a woman who was faithful to him in every way that she knew how. But I don't believe that Mary was sinless. I believe that Mary needed a Savior just as much as Joseph did. But she was definitely the chosen vessel of God's redemptive love for mankind. You need to understand that. The specialness of her, of all the women, of all the young girls, of all the times that God could have used, and he used Mary. I believe that she was a very special young woman. Historians and theologians, they tell us that uh, it would have been absolutely normal, it would have been a common thing for Mary at this point in her life to be in the age of 14 to 16 years old. During this time of visitation, she is already engaged, and she's 14 to 16 years old. Now, we look today, and, and we'd be shocked that someone that young would be engaged. How about it, parents, uh, particularly you dads? Uh, how would you feel if somebody came and wanted to get engaged to your daughter, and she's only like 14 years old? Well, that's not uncommon back then, but hopefully it is uh, extremely rare, at least in our culture today. But in that Jewish culture, to be betrothed, it was that covenantal agreement between a man and a woman that followed by courting and then proceeded on to marriage. It was during that time of betrothal that the man is considered to be, and he is referred as, the husband. And the woman, the young girl, she's considered to be, and she's referred as the wife. And however, until the actual marriage ceremony takes place, they don't have physical relations, intimate physical relations at all. But once the couple has entered into that betrothal agreement, that engagement agreement, it can only be dissolved by a formal writ of divorce and usually, almost always, particularly in that culture, it would have been by the husband. And it was most normally due to unfaithfulness or an adultery situation or even as we find later on in Jesus' ministry. Sometimes if they just found a reason that they didn't want to do it anymore, they could write the writ of divorce. So here's Mary. She's betrothed to Joseph, and yet it's prior to their actual marriage ceremony. Matthew tells us also that Joseph was a, a just man. And here in Luke, we find that Mary, young woman, has found favor with God. A righteous man, a righteous woman, both of them coming together, and everything seems to be proceeding just as planned. Now, we don't know the wedding date, but again, leaning back on historians, usually the betrothal takes place about a year out from the actual wedding date, giving the husband time to prepare things for his bride. And we find Mary and Joseph in that time frame of life. And I want you to understand this morning, their whole life is in front of them. They've got everything laid out, everything planned. Here's a righteous man engaged to a righteous woman. Their wedding date is near in the future, Everything is planned for there. Everything was going along absolutely smoothly, probably, in their lives. And then suddenly, and without any kind of warning at all, God intersects their lives. He comes and 
again, walks right in front of all of their plans, and suddenly their plans, their future, everything that they had determined is changed in their lives. If anyone ever told you that following God would be the easiest thing for you to do, they were lying to you, okay? Because following God is not the easiest thing that you could do. Oh, it's the best thing that you could do. Don't misunderstand me there. But it's not the easiest thing to do. If you thought that following God with your whole heart and with everything that you have would allow you to have a well-planned out and a very predictable life, you're just fooling yourself. Because if I'm saying I'm not my own, but God is, again, the, not only the the pilot, he's the co-pilot, man, and he's the navigator, and, and I'm just along for the ride, then you need to understand that there are going to be times in your life that God is going to make a determination in your life. God is going to call for a change in your life that you hadn't planned, that you hadn't purposed in your own life. You see, God doesn't intersect our lives to make our lives smooth, to make our lives easy, or to make our lives predictable not even planned out. God enters our lives to reveal himself and to display his glory. And you as a believer, if you claim Christ is your Lord and Savior, you need to be ready for that. You need to be prepared for that. And you need to be okay with that. The unfortunate truth is there's a lot of people that aren't okay with that. And when suddenly their life gets rocked by a situation, suddenly everything goes to pieces in their heart and mind, rather than in that peace that passes understanding, realizing, Lord, my life is in your hands. My future is in your hands. I've surrendered my life to you. So Lord, knowing the greatness of your sovereignty, knowing the the vastness of your providential care and plan, Lord, I surrender completely to you. And beloved, that's the only way that you and I can have any kind of peace in the midst of this kind of world that is full of all kinds of turmoil, all kinds of change. And it's the only way that you and I can have peace when God comes in and says, hey, I need you to go over this way now because I have something I need to show you, something I need to work in you, or something that I need to work through you to others. If we're honest with ourselves, sometimes these interruptions can be some of the most uncomfortable times in our lives. They're unexplainable in the normal run of things, and really and truly, they can only be attributed to the hand of God. All we can do is just simply surrender our lives once again into his providential care. The angel came to Mary not simply to tell her that she was a highly favored one. The angel didn't come just simply to say, hey Mary, it's okay, the Lord is with you. He didn't come just simply to boost her self-esteem. Oh, blessed are you among women. Oh, that's great, I feel better today. No, there was a lot more to his message, wasn't there? He definitely wanted her to understand those things. He definitely wanted her to know that she was truly found found in favor with God. But the main focus of his message was not Mary. It was about how God was going to use Mary to glorify himself and to fulfill his plan of the ages. 
Beloved, there's going to be times in our lives when stuff happens within our lives totally out of our ability to be able to redirect them. A lot of you, you understand exactly what that's all about. The old saying from the poem is, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. The question isn't whether or not that's going to happen. The question to you this morning is, is how will you respond when it happens to you? How do you respond when suddenly everything that you had planned gets changed? How do you respond when everything that you've hoped for gets moved out of the way and something different is going on? The angel comes to Mary and explains a portion of God's plan to her. And you and I need to understand that the angel didn't give the whole plan to her at that time. As a matter of fact, God seldom lays out the whole deal, does he? We're just called to trust, to have faith that he is in charge. The angel tells her there in verse 31, he says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Again, the very fact that Mary was going to conceive and bear a son, that was an amazing announcement to Mary. But we're going to get to that a little bit later. First of all, I want us to take a look at what kind of a son he was going to be. The angel says, you're going to call his name Jesus. And here in Luke, Gabriel doesn't explain anything about that name. Yet in Matthew, the angel tells Joseph that you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. The name we speak as Jesus is actually the same as Joshua or Yeshua in Hebrew. It's a contraction or a shortened version of a longer Hebrew name, Yahashua. Yahashua, which means Jehovah is helper or the help of Jehovah. Jesus is the Greek version of the Hebrew Yeshua or Joshua. So simply by giving that name, Mary would have some kind of understanding that his name would mean Jehovah is salvation. Mary would have some kind of understanding that this is a messianic declaration for my son because even during that time, the young women of that time were anticipating and looking forward to the birth of Messiah. And every young woman was thinking that perhaps my child would be the Messiah. And now the angel comes and makes this declaration to Mary. And again, as she understood it's a messianic meaning, she's still troubled by some other things. But the angel goes on. The angel says he will also be called the son of the highest. And this is no doubt a, a connection not only with his position, but also his true heritage. And although Joseph would follow through with the marriage to Mary, he was not the physical father of Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God, the Son of the highest, supernaturally conceived. And again, we'll look at that in a moment. In Mark's gospel record, we find the events surrounding Jesus' ministry with a Gadarean demoniac. You remember that as they went across the Sea of Galilee and there on the eastern shores of Galilee and, and Gadara. 
there was a man filled with demons there. And as they got out of the boat, this demon came running up to Jesus. And he says, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. David will continue teaching through the Gospel of Luke next time. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to The Open Word podcast at theopenword.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to theopenword.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to theopenword.com. Now here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that The Open Word is a missionary work? It is. We need your support as we share God's Word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word. Go to theopenword.com and click on the support option in the main menu. We invite you to join us again for the next study as David shares insights with us from the Gospel of Luke. That's next time on The Open Word.